1: afternoon, everybody. Welcome, afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Mace, how are you, my friend? Nice to see you in person. Hey, welcome back. How are you feeling? Uh, not great, but I'm here, and we're not socially distancing, but I don't think you'll you won't get sick from me.
2: That's well, that was my concern. Like I was said about 20 minutes ago. I could have easily turned around gone back to my place been remote for the day and you know I'm just making sure I'm just watching out for myself and uh, my family too
1: but you said yourself first not your family well then I said my it's family. all about you. I
2: saved the best for
1: last I saved my family right? <laughs> how about if I go home and then I can go to sleep at 601. Uh, That'd be even better, but I, I mean, wanted you to could be do
2: that. You could do that too if you want. You know, I, w- I would not begrudge you anything if you did that. You might have to
0: carry me today like you usually oh, do. Stop it! Stop with, it!
1: With that time now for the lead.
0: The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk.
1: Generally speaking, I think when there is a monumental moment in your life, and sometimes those aren't positive moments. Nine Eleven. Previous generation, my parents' generation, your generation, the Kennedy assassination, but good things in your life, like when the Braves won the World Series, right? Yeah. When Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup, when North Carolina beat Duke, you remember where you were at at the time. So, with that, when Garrett Bowles found out about Russell Wilson coming to the Broncos, he remembered that day, although, you know, recently, but he remembered that day vividly.
0: Oh, I was in California, um, in Orange County, where I, where I trained. Like I said, I saw, you know, Aaron Rodgers' thing. I was like, man, it happens again. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple minutes later, my agent calls me, and he- I heard some things, and then boom, it happened. Um, and then, you know, when he we got the call that night, he, he FaceTimed me. I was actually playing pickleball <laughs> when he uh, when he called me, um, FaceTimed me. Well, he sent me a message and said, hey, Russ, you know, it's number three. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, and then he FaceTimed me, and we talked. You know, like 10 minutes. Um, But like I said, I was just excited. And I told him, hey, man, I know you're used to getting hit. And you're not going to get hit here. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Like I said, I love him dearly. um, And I'm just excited.
1: I don't think anybody who follows the NFL would say the Seahawks had a stellar offensive line. But generally speaking, unless a quarterback is playing behind a truly awful offensive line like Joe Burrow did last season, The best quarterbacks can make a decent offensive line look better. Now, let's go through some quarterbacks who got sacked less than 30 times uh, last season. 30 times or less last season. Brady, Stafford, Mahomes, Herbert, Rogers, Josh Allen. You can make the case those are some of the top quarterbacks in the league, right? Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson, considered an elite guy, just like those guys. So why do you think this guy has been sacked 128 times over the last three seasons? Especially when his pass attempts are kind of middle of the pack. It's not like he drops back all the time. Because when you look at his numbers in terms of attempts, they are middle of the road. He has been as high as like six, but he's been as low as something like 20. So why should we believe he's going to be sacked less in Denver?
2: I'm not sure that we should, because his style is to run around and buy time. And a lot of those sacks happens when he, happen when
1: he's trying to buy time. So does Mahomes. Yeah. Rodgers does that a bit. Josh Allen certainly does that. Mm-hmm. Herbert has, has some mobility. But we look at these guys, and they get sacked, or they've gotten sacked, 30 times or less last season. What is going on with Russell Wilson? Why he gets sacked so much? Because he is an elite quarterback. And generally speaking, when you look at the Broncos, when they went to the Super Bowl in 2013, and they won the Super Bowl in 2015, all due respect to our friends Ryan Harris and Tyler Columbus, I don't think anybody would have looked at those offensive lines and said, wow, they're really good. Manning made those guys look better. Why isn't Wilson making his guys look better? When all these other guys that I just mentioned – Seem to be doing that. Like I said, it's because he runs around,
2: buys time, and that leads, and that leads to sacks that happen when he's just when he is just trying to basically extend a play in the pocket or just outside the pocket uh, for another 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 second, two seconds, three seconds, etc.
1: But again, Mahomes does that. Herbert does that. Rodgers does that. And Allen does that. All four of those guys do the same thing as Russell Wilson. All four of them. They're yes. all. But uh, you said Allen. You said Herbert. Yep, Mahomes. Rogers and Mahomes. All of those guys extend plays. Just well, like- Rogers.
2: One of the things he does. One of his gifts is he he has a pretty good instinct on when to give up on a play. Like that's kind of his thing. Like he will. Okay, I can't get it now. I'm going to throw it away and that's something that he he does. I mean, he basically he he he's leading the league or coming
1: close to it in throw in throwaways a lot of years, right? And he puts up enormous numbers. Yes. So maybe should Russell Wilson watch what Aaron Rodgers does and say maybe I should do more of that.
2: It's something that might help him. Like I mean, here's a an interesting stat to kind of look at is the average yards when they're sacked, okay? So Every time, every time they're sacked, when Russell Wilson is sacked, he loses an average of 8.1 yards per sack.
1: That and, sounds to me like a lot.
2: Yeah, the only ones last year, the only quarterback eligible quarterbacks who lost more yards per sack were Kyler Murray, who runs around a lot, right? Mm-hmm. He lost 9.2 yards per sack. Um, Mac Jones, eight point six. But he wasn't sacked a lot. Right, he wasn't sacked a lot when no. he did. When he did, when he did, he lost a y- lot of yardage. But, he's a, but he's a rookie. He's a rookie because, and that's significant because the next game guy I'm going to name on the list was also a rookie last year. That was Zach Wilson. He lost 8 point, 8.5 yards per sack. And then right there, just a little bit more than Russell Wilson was Matthew Stafford. That one is interesting. Here's the thing: I'm because not- he doesn't scramble. And he's a veteran. But some of that may be that you know you get the play fake boot and you get the deep drops going on.
1: I would think that a guy who's been playing as long as Russell Wilson, I'm not trying to knock Russell Wilson, so maybe we're just trying to find the wart on a beautiful face. Okay? Guy's a great resume. He's won more games than, what, anybody in NFL history? Over the course of 10 years, only he has one more win, I think, than Peyton Manning, something like that. He's got nine Pro Bowls in 10 years, won a Super Bowl. But it sounds to me like he's got something that he really needs to work on, seriously needs to work on. And again, with the Seahawks, he wasn't dropping back all that much, trying to pass. Last year he was, but you look at the last two years, not a ton, not compared to a lot of other guys. So for the amount of times that he drops back and he gets sacked, he's got to be near the top of the league. I'm wondering why that's happening. And, and for all of the coaching and all the motivation that he's giving everyone, he really needs to fine-tune this. And again, I'm not trying to point out the wart on a beautiful face, but it's a wart, and it's a substantial one.
2: But it's not one that you can't work around. I mean, again, one of the guys who had more yards lost per sack uh, than him was Matthew Stafford, and that turned out all right. And he and he was sacked three more, three fewer times than Wilson. He's in not three mobile. More games. Yeah, he's not mobile. Well, that's they, Wilson they're, they're, is mobile. Their sacks are coming in different ways. You know, Matt Stafford sacks, are, you know, there, there's a couple of I give up plays in there.
1: Wilson's not getting sacked on I give up plays. He's getting sacked because he's trying to extend, trying plays. to extend them. Right, but he's not. not. Not enough, obviously. Maybe he needs to throw the ball away a little bit more. This this sounds like an article you, that you should write because you love numbers. And to me, this is interesting. For the amount of time that he drops back, for the amount of times that he gets sacked, and for the amount of yards that he gets sacked, mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett should work with him on this. Yeah, And he's a great quarterback. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But if he could cut those numbers by 30%, I think he'd have far more success than he currently has. But he also does make plays when he's buying
2: time as well. So are you going to lose something there?
1: I mean, one of the, There was actually a moment where... But so Aaron, does Josh Allen, yeah. so, a guy who's younger. So does Patrick Mahomes. So does Herbert. And these guys are younger. I mean,
2: there was a moment back before the back-to-back MVPs when Aaron Rodgers was accused of uh, not, to, not trying to buy enough time
1: of throwing it away too soon. I'll take a guy with 48 touchdowns and five interceptions all day. Fair. I mean, I think, I do think we're kind of nitpicking here. We are, but if he can find a way to clean that up, listen, everybody has room for improvement, Mm -hmm. but maybe he should find a way to truly concentrate on improving that because that will make this offense better. You get set, You get an eight-yard sack. I know his deep ball is arguably the best in football. But you get an eight-yard sack, and you're probably you're probably punting. Right, right. Coming up after the break. How about those Avalanche? What did you and I say yesterday, Danny? You asked us a question about the Avs. I said there's no way they're giving up more than two goals. Well, I was close until the very end. But boy, did the Avs steamroll the Kings. And they just set a record. But I got to tell you something. That record for franchise wins is very deceiving. Very, very deceiving. So now that they do legitimately hold a record, if they win the Stanley Cup, should they be considered the greatest team in Avalanche history? That's next.
0: Just hold on. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale, lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com in the meantime if you are still waiting on doing your will or your estate plan or your living will highly recommend you take care of it now it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money it doesn't matter if you're single if you're married certainly you want to take care of this because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and you want to make sure your family is protected and all of your assets are distributed the way you want them to be distributed. You don't want the courts deciding. You don't want a doctor deciding on your living will. Take care of it yourself. Get it done. Do what I did. Go with Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. Go to the McKenzieFirm.com. Time now for The Buzz.
0: The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. I think very
1: rarely can you say there's a defining moment in a season, but last night's nationally televised win over the Kings was a big one in which they thumped a team that isn't great but isn't bad and a team that is fighting to make sure they stay in the playoffs, talking about the L.A. Kings. With that win, Avalanche won a franchise record 53rd game. They currently have 112 points with nine games to play and are chasing down the franchise record held by the 2000-2001 team, which got 118 points in the regular season and won the Stanley Cup. At the risk of sounding cynical, and this is a great hockey team, I think we both can agree on that, have the Broncos ever gone 15-1? and I don't believe they have. Best is 14-2, 1998. So if for some reason this season... They go 15 and two. Would you say clearly by the Pierce definition, they've won 15 games. It'd be a franchise record. Yes. But then again, they're playing 17 games. Mm -hmm. Right. Still be a higher winning percentage. Not 14 2. not talking about winning percentage. I'm talking about straight up wins, 15 wins, 15 win season. You'd count it. But you would almost say, kind of like Roger Maris's record, sixty-one and sixty-one. You have to do it in one hundred and fifty-four games.
2: Right, but uh, if it, if uh, the, but the thing is, in that case, because you have winning percentage, I'd lean on that as a
1: tiebreaker. Okay, and I'd say yeah, fifteen-two is better than fourteen-two. But right now, the narrative is not that the Avalanche have the best winning percentage. Mm-hmm. The narrative is they won a franchise-best fifty-three games. Back in 2000-2001, there was no such thing as shootout wins. Mm -hmm. So really, if you do the math, back then, those would have been ties. So for that 2000-2001 team that won the Stanley Cup, it's only 49 wins. I'm not trying to take anything away. I'm just pointing out a fact, depending on how you want to look at it. With that, if the Avs wind up winning the Cup, do you think this year's team will be considered the greatest of all time in Avs history? Yep, because there are only two other teams you'd really compare. Right, it to. definitely
2: not in NHL history, but yeah, it, in Avs history, I'd say probably yeah. it's. Look, the 0-1 team did win the President's Trophy, mm-hmm. like this team is about to for the second consecutive year. So it would match the 0-1 team in terms of that level of accomplishment. I think this team. It's weird to say it because that was a complete team, but this team might be on another level.
1: Okay, I'll phrase it. It's in, not
2: on, now, now, the one thing that I would say definitely that Avs team had on this Avs team, with all due respect to Darcy Kemper, is in goal. Because Kemper, Kemper is not in the galaxy of Patrick
1: Walker. The only reason I would say no, and I understand all the statistical accomplishments, those teams had Hall of Famers. And right now, we don't know how many Hall of Famers are on this team. McKinnon will be a Hall of Famer. McCarr is on his way to being a Hall of Famer. I'm not so sure about Landeskog, not so sure necessarily about Rantanen. But those other teams were loaded with Hall of Famers. And what's interesting is, if you ask Joe Sackick, the best team that he played on with the Avs, statistically, it's the 2000-2001 team. Mm -hmm. He would say the team that won the first cup. If you ask Peter Forsberg which team was best, he would say the 2000 2001 team. I don't know how this team would match up in terms of pure speed. This team is better. I won't argue that one bit, but as far as goaltending, I don't think there's a comparison because Darcy Kemper hasn't proven anything yet.
2: And that's going to be what determines uh, the success or failure of this team. I mean, look, I mean, interest an interesting thing about the uh, the last eight president's trophy winners is that not only have none of them won the cup, none of them have even gone to the Stanley cup finals. Yeah. And the, in the last 14 years, the only, the only team to win the president's trophy and the Stanley cup was the Blackhawks in 13. And does that mean anything for the Avs? No, it doesn't in theory, but it just it shows you how different playoff hockey is. And oh, by the way, the, that team that did win the Presidents' Trophy and the Stanley Cup—the only one in the last 14 years, those Blackhawks of 13—they did it in a shortened season. Right. It's almost like, at least in recent history, it is almost as if. You can take too much out of, you, of, of of yourself in the regular season, and then what's your gear in the po- what's your gear in the postseason? So, I mean, I would, frankly, I'm not sure it would be the worst thing for the Avs to kind of, at least, maybe not for maybe, not in a couple weeks, but at least maybe right now, and then ramp back up at the end of the regular season. Maybe take the foot off the accelerate a little bit.
1: Well, how do you do that? Rest, guys. Yeah, I think you. I think you do rest, guys or how about just limit minutes? You, I don't that, know if That's you, what
2: I mean by resting is oh, you're okay. playing less.
1: I see. And
2: say re- you know save the ice time. Go 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 deeper go deeper into your second and third lines.
1: Well, I don't know if you really want to do that either because then you're burning those guys out. Listen, as John Michael Lyle said to me, you you to win a Stanley Cup it's not about your top line. You want your best players mm-hmm. to play well. I get that. But it's, it's really about your third and fourth lines that are going to help you advance. And you don't want to burn those guys out. You really, really don't. The reason why I brought up the 53 wins is because we're really going to go apples to apples here. They are behind that 2000-2001 team because they weren't allowed to get those points. It wasn't legal, for lack of a better phrase. They have four shootout wins this year. To their credit, those are wins because those are the rules... Today, so those are four more points than they would have had in going, they, go, going
2: in, in 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 2001 because they would have had tie, they would have ended with ties in those days. That's in that right. Day. They wouldn't
1: have been considered right. wins. So if we're comparing back to the 2000 2001 season, the Avalanche have 49 wins and they have 108 points. Now they have nine games to play, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit. If they win the majority I mean, of those games, they
2: only have to get six more points in the rest of the season to catch the, the, the 20, the O one apps. And that, that means, right. But if you, they, subtract, if no, you subtract, no, but four, what I'm saying is I'm count, I'm saying that I, I'm taking out the over, even taking those out. So they're at 108. So even then, if they get five wins in nine games, they catch.
1: Right. And we'll, we will yeah. see, we will see what happens. Uh, but overtime wins were overtime wins. It counted as a win. I'm saying shootout. Wins. That's what I mean. It's the shootout. Yeah. So, if, you so ta- if they
2: get five more wins and none of them are shootout wins, they're gonna they're, they're gonna catch those uh, the uh, one abs. If they and look, is it fair to expect say six, six wins in the next nine games with this team? With this team, absolutely. I, I'd be shocked if they don't win seven. The chances of them catching and surpassing those abs, even on the equal terms of counting shootout
1: wins as ties, are pretty good. It's funny. I was talking to somebody close to the team today, and I said, will this season be a disappointment if they don't win the Cup? And without even hesitating, he said, absolutely. Oh, yeah. However, he did give a caveat. He said, if they play the Florida Panthers and lose in the final, he said, I'm okay with that because Florida's really that good. And they're, they're Not completely. Tampa, Yeah, Florida.
2: Yeah, the, the Lightning looks like it's uh, running on fumes a little bit, which is kind of... Which you kind of understand because you had the bubble season that went all the way to the end of September and then turned around and had last year that went all the way to middle of July, and they went the met and they went the distance in both the team the light and the lightning that I've seen the last few weeks looks like a team that's just out of gas that that need that needs that it's finally caught up with them. I don't think there's any I don't think there's any shame in that. I don't think they played more hockey than anybody else. Yeah, they and ev- look, eventually the Bill come. the Bill comes due, right? Right. I think that I think the Bill is coming due now that the 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 trump card that they have is they have the best playoff goalie in hockey. Right. Who even when other things are failing them can bail them out for a one nothing win?
1: See, if you, if I'm Joe Sakic and for some reason they lose in the second round again, I look and say, I don't know what to do anymore. Now, granted, Kemper's on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where it starts. Let's see how he plays in the playoffs. But Kadri, You're trading for Flurry, probably. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Kadri's deal is up. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I mean, he's in his 30s. So what do you do about him? He's having a career year. But is anybody going to spend six, $7 million on him? Yeah, if you figure the abs, you bring him back on five. Or for five, then again, McKinnon's coming up, and he will want to get paid this time around.
2: Who do you think? Who Who do you think should not to say make him nervous? But who's the worst matchup right now in the playoffs for the Avs? The the team they don't want to see in the Western Conference in the West that could keep them out of the finals.
1: Um, the Wild. I agree. Because the they play a muck it up type right. of game, and they're really good at shutting down speed. Because they just like to grind it out. They're kind of. They li- have caused the Avs trouble this year. That's right. They're they're very similar to what the New Jersey Devils were when they were making their cup runs yeah. with that left wing lock. I don't care how fast you are, they find <laughs> a way to force you to hit the brakes. Look at what happened last year in the playoffs, right? Mm. And they had trouble carrying the puck over the blue line. They got kind of caught up at center ice. And they were not able to get that speed going.
2: And right now, the interesting thing is, right now, seating wise, that's the projected second round matchup. The Wild. Yep. If, again, if seedings hold, the Wild have to get past the Blues. The Avs have to get past the Stars. Who, I mean, they're. It's funny we talk about the Lightning. They, they, they ground out a one nothing win over the Lightning a couple nights back. So, I don't think. But I, but they're not capable of. Grinding you to a halt in the way that Minnesota is. And that's, you know, that's, it's possible we could be saying if the Avs can get past the wild, they're going to win it all.
1: Unless they play Florida. Florida can match them toe for toe.
2: Florida can match shot them. for shot. They can match them shot for shot. And Florida's yeah, really good. Yeah. They're good. But the thing that they may have, I mean, let's say, let's say they face the Lightning in round two that might be something that takes a hell of a lot out of them if they play them. And that that maybe maybe that's what you're hoping for here is because the East is so deep and so stacked because you have the Hurricanes and you have even the Lightning sitting down, the two-time defending champions, and they're probably going to be effectively, uh you know, third, they're third in their division right now. The, Bru- the, the Bruins. It, the, the thing is, the, the, the East is so deep that they may beat each other up. And if the Avs get to the finals, that might be, dare I say, an easier matchup because their opponents can be tenderized a
1: little bit. Coming up after the break, what do the Rockies, with their 4-1 and one start, have in common with the Broncos of this past season? We'll tell you next. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. Milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale for your next project this summer, whether it's a deck or a fence or anything like that, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending.
0: What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, They've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Offroad, or go to cooffroad.com. I don't know about
1: you, Mace. I don't put a lot of stock in power rankings, no matter where they are, released during the season. I think what it does more so than anything is, it gives us a nice talking point for a segment on the show. Or do it's you great put much talk radio? Do you put much stock in it?
2: Uh, it's, it's always interesting to look at, but again, they it reflects what teams are doing. It doesn't really mean anything. Like what 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 matters
1: is what's going on in the field, and so, the
2: rankings are a reaction to that.
1: So with that, power rankings are out for the opening week of the baseball season. Rockies are currently tied right now with the White Sox with the best winning percentage in baseball, mm-hmm. with a four and one record. The Rockies' power ranking before the start of the season was number twenty six. Mm-hmm. Now they are number twenty one. Yep. In the ESPN power rankings. In CBS's power rankings, they went from 27th to 17th. So when I read this, the first thing that came into my mind was, wow, the Broncos were sitting at about 20, 19, or 18 after they started the season with a 3-0 record. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, the Rockies did win a series from the Dodgers. Bing, bing, bing. And so you would think they should be higher than that. And the Dodgers, according to ESPN, are number one mm-hmm. in their power rankings. But I just think people just need to see a whole lot more than just five games before people start believing in this team.
2: I get that. At the same time, they're, you know, they're four games above five hundred since June 1 won last year. I think they had I think they had graduated to average over the course of the Do you uh, really
1: count last year? Because I don't. I do. Tre- Trevor Story is not on this team. Well, I. But Trevor uh, Chris
2: Bryant's not was on last year's team. Well, thing. then you 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 remove one, you put the other in. The bigger thing is what the pitching did over those last four months of the season. Okay. And the rotation's been solid so far this year. In other words, I mean, the, if the, if you're looking for a positive here that actually has a chance of sustaining him, it's that the rotation looks like it picked up where it left off, especially Marquez.
1: I think the key for this team, and it's been a problem for years and years and years, and maybe you can put up the numbers. The one thing that has killed this team year after year is when the starters went about four to five innings, and they had to dig into that bullpen early. And then suddenly, by May, the bullpen was gassed. And that's when the Losses really started to go up. So where are they at in terms of starters innings? So if I know Freeland didn't go very long. Right. In the opener.
2: Let's uh you know it's gonna be great, great sports talk radio as I as I look for the stats here. Well we need there we go. See, I knew we need some music. Now we have a new drop. That is good job, Danny. That is impressive. So he looked so far this season, the Rockies. Starting starting pictures. Well, go player by player because right. everyone started one game. Okay, so Herman Marquez, seven innings. That's Boom. That's good.
1: Okay. That's big. Yeah. Because rarely do you
2: see that that early in the season. Okay, now I'm going to get to the bad. Austin Gomber, four and two-thirds. Bad. Chad Cool four and a third. Right. Kyle Freeland, three and two-thirds. Right. Antonio Senzatella, three and a third. Well, that's not good. So... And that's one pretty start typical. out of five that saw
1: any Rockies picture go five full innings. By the way, we did not talk about this yesterday. At least I don't believe we did. I was kind of half out of it during the show. Clayton Kershaw getting yanked after seven innings, perfect yeah. game. You got a problem with that? I was no. going to talk about it today, but you were going to talk about it today. Yeah, I had it for
2: just in case you missed it. Well, I thought I, it was an interesting topic.
1: You don't have to. You don't have to do it today. We're going to talk about it right now.
2: If it were a normal start to the season, I would have under I, I would have been upset. You had spring training cut in half. Uh-huh. That's what this was about. Yeah, I, I think any other year, Dave Roberts gives him the chance to finish.
1: No question.
2: But they're effectively, and, and you can see this around baseball. And this is one thing you can even say for the Rockies, uh, for the Rockies starters as well. Every, almost everybody is being cautious with their starting pictures because in terms of their preparation for the season, be, they are roughly at about March eighteenth. Right. They can, in other words, they can go out there and start, but they're not going nine innings. And and rare are you going to see a start like Marquez had right now, where he went seven innings. Most there's going to be much. More erring on the side of caution, and you've seen, obviously no one else was having a, a perfect game like uh, like Kershaw, but you've seen a bunch of guys that were just tooling along. You know, one one hit through five, two base runners through five, and their managers saying, "Nope, time time to
1: go. We'll finish this up for you." For starters, didn't Dave Roberts just manage a team that won the World Series back in 2020? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really not going to question him. Okay. Now, he does have a lot of talent. But when you look at Kershaw last year, he started 22 games. Why? <clears throat> Arm problems, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think you really want to push it with him. And then, to your point, this is really March for these guys. Yeah. Kershaw was not upset about getting pulled. He understood why he got pulled. He probably got told there was a pick, that there was a strict pitch count limit and that it didn't matter what.
2: He wasn't going past that pitch count
1: for all the pe- probably knew for all the people complaining about this this isn't about you and your satisfaction of watching a perfect game or hearing about a perfect game because it happens so infrequently this is this is a the a baseball season is a marathon and when you're that early on in the season you don't want to push your guy an extra two innings even if it is a perfect game mm-hmm. the Dodgers want to win another World Series and you want to keep this guy healthy. Yeah.
2: But do you agree that if it had been a normal start to the season, Roberts would have let Kershaw finish or try to finish?
1: I think so. I think so too. And if it was the middle of the season, he would have done the same thing. Yeah. But at the beginning of the season, to your point where spring training was cut short and this guy is coming off only twenty two starts last year yeah. with arm with arm issues, there is no reason to push it. It would have been great to see it. But the people complaining about it, what I would say to you is, then you truly don't understand baseball and everything that goes on around it. You don't know the history that it had on problems last year. You've totally forgot that spring training was cut short.
2: And you know the interesting thing is, I, I obviously we all saw a lot of umbrage about it, and we saw it on social media. And when I saw some of the people, the the blue check marks on social media, people in the sports world that were complain that that were complaining about this. I mean, I don't mean to put a broad brush, but at least those that I noticed were not were not baseball people, right mm-hmm. they were you know covering other sport and ch- other sports and chiming in on it and I think maybe they and and also another thing is it was a very much an old school reaction i think the 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 older you are you were and the more distant you were from baseball the more likely you were to protest roberts's call the younger the younger you were and the more the more knowledge of baseball you had the more likely you were to understand it
1: you want to see something interesting or hear something interesting i just looked this I up always like hear interesting things do you know that in the modern era the modern era, and I'm talking about the last 50 years. So even ba- like baseball modern era, I think is
2: 1922. So we're going even.
1: I'm not talking, we're talking a- about actual modern. I'm not talking thing. about when Eddie Seacott pitched for the Chicago White Sox in 1919. Nice. I'm not talking about when Babe Ruth had a career 2.277 ERA, mm-hmm. Walter Johnson 2.16, dead ball era. Do you know over the last, I'd be willing to bet. 60 or 70 years, Clayton Kershaw has the lowest ERA of any pitcher in baseball history. Probably over the last 50, 60, 70, possibly 80 years. Because I'm looking at these names, and you tell me if any of these guys pitched in the last 70, 70 years Chief Bender, Terry Larkin, George Bradley, Jim McCormick, Joe Benz, Knapp Rucker. I mean, these guys were my gran- my great-grandparents' age. Mm-hmm. He's the greatest pitcher in terms of ERA over the last 70 years. The only guy who's close to him is Jacob deGrom. That's it. Other than that, other than that, when you go back even further. Now, we're
2: talking starters, right? Because Mariano. Star- starters. Yeah. See, that's the key
1: thing. Because Mariano Rivera <laughs> has a better ERA. And well, Clayton Kershaw, starters, but he's not a starter. Right. Yes. So, guys who were starters, Sandy Koufax, 2.761. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now we're going back about 60 years. Other than that, there really aren't a lot of guys. And you know who's not far behind Kershaw?
2: Is Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. That's what I just said. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, he's pretty good. If
2: only DeGrom could stay healthy.
1: And only if his win record, win-loss record, win record is better because <laughs> he plays such a <laughs> crap.
2: When you think of gets no run support, the right. first person you think of is poor Jacob DeGrom. I,
1: like, I have this conversation he, with people all the time. ERA is the best metric to describe how good a pitcher is, not win-loss record. Because you know what? If you give up nine runs a game, but your team scores 10, you can have an ERA of nine mm-hmm. and still be 15-5. and five. There are plenty of guys who've had crazy low ERAs with losing records.
2: In 2018 Kershaw or not Kershaw DeGrom had a 1.70 ERA and a 10 and 9 record.
1: Yeah. I think Clemens was had something like that crazy low ERA. Felix
2: Hernandez did a couple of times. There, there there was one year he won the Cy Young with like an 11 and 10 record, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, there you go. By the way, that's why I'm glad that Kershaw won a World Series cuz I don't want to hear he's the greatest pitcher of our generation to never have won a World Series. That's why I want to see the Dodgers win.
2: Even though he was at by that point as good as he has well, been. Was not good in the playoffs. Right. He wasn't a primary reason why they won the World Series.
1: Well, primary reason why they got there.
2: But yeah, I mean, when- he
1: got got to the playoffs. No question. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? A new NBA beef has been
3: born and a one-game suspension that could potentially impact the Nuggets in their first-round matchup with the Warriors. We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
0: Hello, I love you. Let me jump in your game. She's walking down. Hello, Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Mace denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word.
0: The final word. Are you ready? Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine. Well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, presented by Mount High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to MountHighAppliance.com. Just in case you missed it, new beef in the NBA
3: as uh, Nuggets guard Facundo Campazzo and uh, Lakers guard Wayne Ellington are now mortal enemies. Campazo has been suspended for one game after shoving Ellington in the season finale versus L.A. Ellington was then fined $20,000 for tweeting after the game, quote, When I see you, I'm putting my hands on you, at Facundo Compasso, uh, unquote. How do you feel the league handled this with, e- with each of those punishments? And second part of the question, do you expect to see Campazo on the floor for Denver in this series versus the Warriors?
1: No, because he really hasn't been part of the rotation. I I mean, I know I don't expect him to play. I don't know if he'll be on the team next year, to be honest with you. And he only and, and Ellington only got a what? Thirty thousand dollar fine? Twenty thousand. Twenty he should have been suspended for a game. Money means nothing to these guys, not twenty thousand. Suspend him for a game. He threatened the guy. Yeah. Is that a, fair a, to say? A, a he threatened game, him. A
2: game check. Yeah. That 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 is money that'll matter. Um but with Campazzo, I mean, he played what? He played the last two games. He was a DNP in the previous eight. Right. Why would he be on the roster, at the playoff roster? Why would he play in the playoffs at this point?
1: No, no, I'm saying even yeah. if he's on the roster, I don't expect him don't to play.
2: Think, unless they're down by 30 or up by 30 in garbage right. time. That's a... Right.
3: I just wasn't sure if you guys thought maybe he was a defensive asset against a stacked backcourt like Curry and Klay Thompson, but
1: you you like Composo's defense?
3: I think that he can be very effective on defense at times. Yeah, but I think he has some of the same issues that Jokic has occasionally, where he lets his emotions get the best of him, yeah. as we saw Sunday night was, versus the Those
1: foreigners. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. foreigner. I think
3: with Compasso, it's probably more of a Napoleon complex. Wow. Does that Ooh. mean to say?
2: <laughs> wow. You went there. I, I wasn't going to go there.
3: I don't know. He's probably the same height I am. I don't know. No. You, you could probably block his shot. Yeah, I could. I have a long wingspan, though. Uh, just in case <laughs> you missed it, happy 81st birthday to Pete Rose. Is it a time to let the Hit King into the Hall of Fame?
2: <sighs> I mean, we've discussed, you know how betting on his team was wrong. I mean, they're saying, oh, he was betting. He wasn't betting against his guys, but that could affect how he managed games. But I think the time served is enough. I'd let him in.
1: I wouldn't. He should go in, but I wouldn't let him in. If I had a vote, I would not let him in. Should he go in? Probably. I have a problem with people who lie. And he lied for decades over this. And he should have just come clean And we talk about giving people second chances. You can have a second chance as long as you fess up. Don't lie about it for decades. Then write a book to make money off of it and then come clean in your book. I think he's as much of a piece of garbage as I look at Lance Armstrong. Lied, 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 lied. Everybody deserves a second chance as long as you come clean. He did not. And it went on for a very long time. And should he be in for his play? Of course he should be in. I just don't like him personally. I don't like people that don't tell the truth. And then just double down, double down, double down. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. Uh, My fiance got a stackable washer and dryer. Gorgeous piece of machinery. Boy, that thing works like a charm. And she couldn't have been any happier with what she got. The customer service was fantastic as well. So, if you want an experience like that, whether you're looking for something to fit your budget or something high end, go to Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, there was one particular game, according to Garrett Bowles, that turned his career around. What game was it? When did it happen? He'll tell you next.